Let's just pray and invite the Lord to help us as we open the word that he may speak to us. Let's stand. Let's just stand. Let each of us speak to the Lord and just say, Lord God, we want to meet with you, especially this afternoon, through your word. Speak to me. Let's go on. Let's pray. Let's all pray. Father, thank you, Lord God, for the privilege of your word. Thank you for the freedom we have to worship you openly in this country. And thank you for the grace that comes to us, oh God, through your word. And we just bow ourselves this afternoon and open our hearts to you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and take over. Come and take control of every heart. Lord God, speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Transform our lives. May our lives be glorifying to you. May we produce fruit, fruits that last, that will bleed glory to your holy name. Father, come and invade our lives. Let heaven invade earth in us, O oh God. This afternoon, Lord God, we ask for a special touch of your Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you, Lord God, and we're expectant of what you would do. We give you praise, O oh God. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's give the Lord a clap of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please take your seat. Hallelujah. Take your seat. Thank you. This afternoon, we'll be concluding this series on the power of the Holy Spirit, the enablement that comes to us because we belong to Christ. And uh, it's my privilege to speak on the subject of sent with power. And I'm going to explore the, uh, the, the, what the Bible talks, says about uh, power uh, where we Christians are concerned. I'm just going to just touch on it and then look at how this is expressed in our daily lives. There are five ways in which these are expressed and the way in which the Holy Spirit wants to uh, demonstrate what he can do through lives of those who are totally submitted and yielded to him. And I'm really excited about what, what is possible for us as Christians. When Jesus Christ uh, was leaving, before he left his disciples, he told them categorically not to leave Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. And we know that in his own life and ministry, he did not immediately start his ministry. He, uh, he, 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 was, he was at home, and his, his brothers even knew that he, there, was a special, uh, there was a special something about him. They didn't quite understand who he was, but they, they knew something was different about him, and they were even goading him, go on, go on to Jerusalem, go and show off your power, show, show what you've got. And he said it, the time was not ready yet. And... He, 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 he stayed back. And even though he, as a, as a son of God, you know, he, he laid aside his majesty and, uh, and, and he came as a human being throughout the, his ministry here, he waited for that time when he had received the power of God before he started out in ministry. 
And when you look at the book of, of, of Luke, chapter 4, that's when he, he was, the uh, Bible said that he was filled with the Holy Spirit after his baptism. But it was only after he had been in the wilderness and had been tempted of the devil that we see that in verse 14, that the Bible says that Jesus Christ came out from there in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus Christ told his disciples, this is a verse that we know very well. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So there is a power that is reserved for us as children of God, as, as those that have committed their lives to Jesus Christ, and as those who, who are really moving in total submission to the, to, the, to, the, to the power of God. Let's look at a few descriptions of the of, of, the, of this power that, that the Bible talks about. What is this power? First of all, this same passage in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I'm looking at John. Actually, mean uh, Acts. Jesus said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, there is a power that we receive. And that power enables us to witness are there any, is anybody here who's received the Holy Spirit? Only a few people on this side. How about all the people here? Well, let me tell you, you have received power to be a witness. That power to witness is not limited to a few evangelists or a, a few Christian lights here and there. It is, it's for anybody who has received the Holy Spirit. And, and, the, and the power that we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit is the power to witness, the power to share our faith, the power to declare what Jesus Christ has done. In, in, in Jerusalem, that is, in our own area, in our own confines, in our homes, in our normal environments, our workplaces, the, 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 the places we go to under normal circumstances. And then, and then it says in Samaria, that is beyond those that are not in our immediate family, but maybe people that we, we just see, people we see casually, maybe the, the bus driver or the, uh, the, your ticket collector or the, or your, the postman or, or the, one person, the, the, the person you buy hamburger from or, 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 the, or those that are in um, Pret-a-Manger, you know. That, that would be our, our Samaria, people that we may see at a distance, but they're not quite close. And then uttermost parts of the earth, that is the different countries of the world, that's, that's the power of God is given to every believer to share the gospel. And then if you scoot to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, it gets more interesting. It's describing this power. 
it might make more sense to read it a little bit further. It's a prayer of, of Paul. I start from verse 17. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So I don't know whether you're like me. My, my head is about to blow here because I can't take it all in. It's, it's just a bit much. It's talking about something that already exists. He said, what is the exceedingly greatness of his power? So there, there, there is this power that God has made available to us. The power is not just great, but it is exceedingly great. And that power is for you and I. Um, Gabriel made reference to it when he was speaking a little earlier that it is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Can you think about it? There where you're sitting, filled with the Holy Spirit, you have that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Are you still sitting down? Are you excited or something? Yeah. That same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is on the inside of you, every single one of us. It is available to every single one of us. That power is available for us to do the work of Jesus Christ. So that, that is the tremendous power and capacity that God has given us. If that power can raise Jesus Christ from the dead, then it means that it can heal the sick, it, it, can, it can move mountains, it can open doors, it, it can give us wisdom, it can give us understanding, it can uh, uh, give us favor, it can give us the knowledge of what to do. It, it, that power is unlimited. That power is, is, just, is just too great. That is the mighty power that God has given to us. And then, when Jesus was sending his disciples uh, uh, on a mission in Luke 10, 19, so same thing in, Luke, in, in Matthew 10 also, he said to them, he said, I have given you power to tread serpents and scorpions underfoot and to trample on all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Are you listening to me? God has given us power to trample on serpents and scorpions and every power of the enemy. When he's talking about serpents and scorpions, he's not just talking about the physical, although I believe the physical is also included, but he's speaking about every spiritual serpent, every demon, every principality, every power, every, every occultic machination, every incantation, every, 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 every witchcraft, every, every curse. 
Every activity that may want to, dis, 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 um, to, to, to dismember you or to, to cause you not to, not to walk correctly or not to, not to enjoy the freedom that God has intended for you or anything that wants to disrupt your life, anything that wants to stop you from having success, this God says in his word that he has given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and overhear the power of the enemy. Can I have an amen in the house? We, the children of God, we do not have to be afraid of anything. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, because he has conquered Satan, because he has destroyed principalities and powers and made a show of them publicly, he has given us the victory. Jesus Christ, he won the victory. Not because he had any sins to be forgiven himself, not because he had any curses to be delivered from, but because of you and I, so that we can walk in victory. The victory of Jesus Christ is our victory. Hallelujah. You know, it reminds me of what uh, Jesus Christ uh, said to the, the disciples when he was leaving. He said in, 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 in Matthew chapter 28, he said, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's, he says, all power in heaven and on earth. That is, what, what, power, what, what other power is it that, that is excluded in that all power? Is it, is it the, the witchcraft powers? Is it the, your, your in-laws or your outlaws? Hallelujah. <laughs> or, 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 or is it your bank manager? Is it your landlord? Is it your, your, your boss in the office? What, what power is it that you are afraid of that's not included? Jesus Christ said, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he said, on the authority of that, he says, go. Therefore, because he has all the power, he's asking us to go. And going in the authority of the power that he already has, he is giving that same power to us. That's amazing. That's amazing because it means that we then have the authority in heaven and on earth to exercise the same power that Jesus Christ had received. And he said to go, therefore, and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. We have authority, we have a mandate, we have the power to, to do what we as Christians are called to do, to preach the gospel and teach those that we, 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 we win to Christ to know about Jesus Christ and then we, we have that authority to, to baptize them so that they can become members of the church. And, and we have the same authority to go into other nations and preach that same gospel because we have been sent by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The, the, the power that God has given us also is the power to use the word of God. In, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word of God is described as being sharper than any two-edged sword. See, but the word of God is quick. That is, it is alive. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
The word of God is one of the greatest weapons that God has given to us as his children to wield the power that he has given to us. So that word is active. That word is alive. That word, when you issue it forth, it will go and fulfill the action that you're sending it to, to perform. It cannot return unto God void. It's, it's, it's because it is the living word of a living God. It's, it's not just any, it's not just scripts on, on, on a paper, on, on a book. The word of God is not the Bible. Are you following me? The word of God is, is transcribed in the Bible, okay? But the word of God is that which God has breathed out. That which the breath of God is an extension of God. It's a power of God that God releases. And God has given that same power and authority to us as children when you as a child of God will stand in the name of Jesus Christ and declare the counsel of God, declare the, the, the word that God has spoken, that same word has the same authority in your mouth that it has in the, name, in the mouth of Jesus Christ. And therefore, you have the power to declare the word of God on any situation and see that situation change because you have issued forth the, an element of, of, of the person of, of God. Because when that word goes out, that, God, that word is alive. That word is fire. That word must pierce through. If it's a sickness, that sickness must disappear. If it is a, a stronghold, that stronghold must be broken. If it is a bondage, that bondage must break. If it is a, a situation of difficulty, that situation must be resolved. Because it is God that is speaking. It is not you that is speaking or, or using that word. It is the word of God that has gone out. So when we speak the word of God, we, let us not look at ourselves. Because it is not made about you and I. It, it is about the God of the word. You know, I always say to myself that if God can use an ass. Do you know what you know, an ass? Do you know what, has any, do you know what an ass is? That's a donkey. Who, who, you know, that, that you put a rope around the neck and pull them, you know, and, and you, you can kick them and, and throw them about, you know, and they do whatever you, you ask them to do. And, but, but God had to use an ass when his prophet was not listening. So I tell myself, well, if God can use an ass who has no understanding, ah, well, I'm available. I, I mean, he can use me too. I'm, me too, you know, God, God can use me. So, you know, it is not about who you are. It's not about what you have achieved. It's not about your, your intellect. It's not, it's not about uh, your accomplishments. It's about the God who has chosen to put his word in your mouth. All God is looking for from you is, are you ready? And finally, as I just round up this section of, you know, the, 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 the description of the word, of, of the power that God has given to us. This power God has given to us by his special grace. Not because we worked for it. The Bible says that by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of works that no, no man can boast. You cannot boast that we, you, you got saved. You, you, can, you can only rejoice that God has graced you God has given you the gifts. God has bestowed his blessing upon you and, and enabled you to receive that gift of salvation. 
And along with that gift of salvation also comes the power to operate in the authority and on the name of God. You know, so whenever we stand in, the, in, a, in any office, in any position that God has placed us, whether we are sharing with our mates at work, at home, or, 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 or whether we are, we are trying to minister to the sick, or whether we're, we're seeking to bring a, a lost to Jesus Christ, or whether God has placed a burden on our heart, something we need to do, the capacity and ability to do it does not depend on our know-how. And, and I'm not, I'm not uh, 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 glamorizing ignorance. You know, uh, I, I believe that it's important for us to study and, and be qualified and all that. But, but what I'm trying to say is that your ability to do anything depends upon the grace of God. And therefore, it is important for us to recognize that whatever we have, whatever we are able to do, it is all by the grace of God. And we stand in that grace and, and we, because he chooses to use imperfect vessels like us. But when you, when you operate in that grace of God, there is no might and power about it. There is no, there's no stress. There is no agro. Easy does it. Because it doesn't depend upon you. It depends upon him. I was sharing a few, uh, a few weeks, uh, about a week ago with a group I was teaching. I said to them, I said, I got delivered from, from performance the day I discovered that Jesus, that I did not die for the sins of the world. You know? So if I lay my hands on the sick, I don't, they don't pray in the name of Kemi. They pray in the name of Jesus, don't you? And therefore, who is going to justify his name when I pray in the name of Jesus? Answer me. It's the one in whose name we pray, isn't it? It's not, it's not of my business. What happens thereafter is up to Jesus. He, he does all the work, but he has called us as his, his stewards, as his, as his agents, and as his servants to do some specific things. My responsibility is to do what he has called me to do. And he says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. My part and your part is to do the laying of hands. The recovery, whose part is it? That's his, his part. He, and he, you can be sure he will do his part because his name is faithful. We can be, we can be sure that he will do his part. You know, and he said, he said, we shall, we shall be witnesses. If you witness to somebody and the person doesn't come to Christ, you know what? You have not failed. You have been obedient. And in any case, salvation is a process. We do not know how many people witness to any individual before they come to Christ. You may be number nine in the chain of, of 20. And if you think about your own life, you must know how long it took you before you agreed to come to Christ. And then you, you could see that there is a chain. But our duty is to continue to share that word. Every opportunity that God gives us, we share that word. And by God's grace, God will do his part. We are supposed to just exist and, and, and be who God has called us to be. 
Amen? So it is by God's power and strength that we can do anything at all. That's what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. He said, he said God's power enabled him to do even over and above other people. God's power will enable you to do what you thought was impossible when you're fully, totally dependent upon him. So I want to talk about, um, about the inlet and outlet of power. The, there's only one way to receive power. Can you tell me how to receive power? By the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive the power. There's no, there's no other way by it. Only, the only way we get the power is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Daily, daily receiving. I mean, obviously there's an initial, there's, a, there's, a, there's an initial impart into our lives. You receive the Holy Spirit when you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you come and you get baptized. The Holy Spirit comes upon you in a special way. But the Bible also tells us in Ephesians 5.18 to continue being filled with the Holy Spirit. So there is a daily replenishing. You know, you don't say because you ate yesterday, you're not going to eat today. You know, we keep being filled constantly with the Holy Spirit. You keep getting your, your necessary top up. So, and, and the way for us to get the power is to allow the Holy Spirit to be totally in control of our lives. We yield to him, we, are, we, we, we totally surrender to him, we let, we let his perfect will be done in our lives. And God is able to exercise his power through us in a number of ways. First of all, just by your being who you are, God hasn't called you to be somebody else. You are you, amen? So the, whatever gifting God has given you, that is what God is expecting you to exercise. And, and just, just by, the, the, you know, by the sheer dint of, of doing what God has enabled you to do, you would discover that the power of God will be released in your life. Some people have the gift of entertainment, just, just receiving people and just being hospitable. And through the, the, the hospitality, the, the, the God would then give them the enablement to reach others for Christ. If that's your gifting, then you need to flow in it. Some people have the, the gifting of, of, of perhaps reaching a particular kind of people. That was how the Lord touched my own life because I happened to speak French. And I was, at that time, I wasn't even speaking it very well. I made mistakes every sentence I, I, I did. You know, the first few sermons, the first year, the first sermon that I, first few sermons I preached that first year, I'm sure there would have been 10 mistakes in every sentence. But it did not matter. That was what I had. What I had was just the language. And, and I, I submitted it to God, and God used it to bring, to bring salvation to others. So there may be things that God has gifted you particularly with. It could be your particular profession. God may be wanting you to reach people who are accountants like you or people who are nurses like you. Or, you know, the power of people group thinking, you know, the, the people who are like you, who are in your own particular area of field. That's where God is gifting you. And when you yield to God what you have, God makes it what what he wants it to be. And then the power of multiplication comes in. You know, that woman 
in, in, um, in the book of 2 Kings 17, who, who is 1 Kings 17, who, who had just the, the, the jar of oil in the house. That was all she had. But she made it available. She made it available. And as she, as she poured that oil into empty vessels, the empty vessels were just being filled. She continued to pour. As you pour your life into the lives of others, they will continue to be filled. That which God has put in you, as you grace other people with it, there will be the flow and blessing of God in it. Amen? This, the, other, the next way in which we, the power of God can be exercised in our lives is through the word, the, the words of our mouths, the words of, of life that we speak. I spoke a minute ago about the power in the word of God. And, but if, if our words are impregnated with the word of God, because the word of God itself is life, every time we speak to other people, we'll be bringing life into their situation. We'll be transforming their situation because we, we are speaking the life of God into them. Let, let our, the Bible says, let our words be seasoned with grace so that it can bring a blessing to those who hear. And when, when we bring a blessing, we, we, we are, we are we're, we're throwing abroad the fragrance of the glory of God. So our words, are, God can use our words to transform situations and to turn things around so that his name may be glorified. Thirdly, our service, we, we, we are being called to be a blessing to others. One of the blessings of Abraham that we inherit in, as, a, as recorded in in Genesis 12, as I said, you will be blessed so that you can be a blessing. You know, the bless me, bless me uh, group, unfortunately, have almost turned Christianity into a blessing, uh, a, a blessing religion, you know. Uh, and although God does want to bless us and God does bless us, our aim in coming to God is not so that we can be blessed. Our aim to, in coming to him is to recognize his sovereignty and his love and to appreciate him for, for who he is because he's sovereign over everything. But because he's a magnanimous God, because he's a good God and a loving father, he would always bless us anyway. And because God blesses us, he, we are his children. We reflect his glory. So what God is, we, his children, also reflect him. And so in our daily lives, our lives are supposed to be poured out into the lives of others so that they can experience God. The Bible says, let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we are called to serve others. So what God has given us to use it in the service of others not to hoard for ourselves. Now, and in fact, you know, sometimes we, when, when we, 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 we share, we, we, I mean, we read passages of the Bible and say, if, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. It is true, and I do believe in, in reaping. I believe in sowing and reaping. But our aim in sowing is not so that we can reap. Our aim in sowing is to glorify God. But God is no man's debtor. Can I have an amen? amen. You know, you, you never plant maize and then and say, okay, I've planted the maize. Nothing is going to come out of it. I've planted it anyway just for the ceremony. No. Whether you like it or not, the maize would come out. 
So when you come and give to God, you give with all of your heart. The Bible says to give cheerfully, to, to give without grudging. To say, oh, you're, you're not giving, okay, I've given 20 pounds today, so if I multiply by, okay, a tenfold blessing, so that you come back at two. No, you don't think like that. You, you give, you give, the, oh yes, I'm giving because he's my God. He, he loves me. He's giving me Jesus. With him, he'll freely give me all things. Therefore, I give him what I have with a, with a joyful heart. And, but, but God then remembers your labor of love, and then he rewards you. You see, so we, we, we are supposed to, 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 just, to just serve God with everything we've got and, and, and serve others, those who are around us. We see a need. You know, ministries don't come to you. You, you know, a lot of people feel that they've been called to ministry and they're waiting for um, somebody to just recognize them and then just show them the platform and show them the, the, the church that they're going to pastor. No. You know, it, it, you see a need. You see a need around you. And that need becomes your platform. As you begin to pour your life into that need, God opens the door for you to be a blessing to them. And your ministry starts. Can you, are you following me? I'm sure, you know, there are people in this house, there are situations that God has shown you, needs around you that, that are crying for answers, crying for people to help them. And we, the Christians, we are the answers. God is waiting to pour his grace and his power into our lives so that we can be the answer and the solution to the problems of the people around us. You know, there are women who, 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 are, who, who are, you know, possibly, possibly married and then they have children and then they become, they become single mothers. There are people, they're waiting. They're waiting for somebody to begin to care for them. There are, there are other needs in the society. There are people who, who have been, women who have been battered or there are people who have been estranged from their families. It's really in this present age that the family structure is not standing too well. You know, there are, there are, there are, there are ministries and, and, and needs that are staring us in the, in the face. People of God, I am, I am really challenging this congregation this afternoon to open your heart so the needs that are around you and see where is God calling you to meet a need. Because in the process of meeting a need, you open the, God, the Lord opens a door for you to share the gospel. And as, you, as, you, as you, you meet their need, you share the gospel with them, you bring many more into the kingdom of God. I believe that God is really challenging us as Christians to begin to see how are we supposed to be meeting the needs of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the people that are around us. And of course, the last two areas, and I'm just going to skim through them quickly, is it's our money. You know, uh, Max had very brilliantly mentioned about how, you know, th that's one area where we're challenged. We, 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 God is able to express his power through us when we, we are able to give what he has given to us to other people. When we share what God has given to us, we're expressing the love of God with, with, the, with, with mankind around us. Because there are people who are in need and then we, we give them the money 
either the money or we buy the stuff for them, people who are poor or, or people who are in missions, you know, we, off, we, we give a lot of money away on, on missions and on, uh, uh, to buy needed material for, for people who are overseas who are not as privileged as we are. As we serve God in that way and we serve humanity in that way, people receive the expression of the love of God. God is able. Uh, Paul was talking about the generosity of the Macedonians, that God was able to use them in spite of their own poverty. But because of the power of God that was in them, they were able to express that love in giving of their money. And finally, and not the least, but perhaps even the most important, the, the God is able to express his power through prayer. Even as we pray, God, we are able to, to change, to see things, situations changed in the place of prayer. We can, kingdoms can be, you know, can be on, uh, disenthroned even as we pray to God because God, God has already uh, made up his mind that he would answer our prayer. But Psalm 65 verse 1 says, it's God who answers prayer. That is why all flesh come to him. We Christians, we have a great privilege to, to, to take any situation, any need to God in prayer. And if we pray in accordance with his word, we can see those situations changed. Amen? Amen. I, I want to give some people opportunity tonight to, or this afternoon to, to receive prayer because I am really convinced that in, in this place there are people who, who need to, to really stand up for God and, and stand up to, to make themselves available for what God wants to do through their lives. I believe there are people who, are, who have received vision, uh, 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 a specific vision or, or direction to, to rise up to meet needs. And maybe you're not, you're not standing up, you're not meeting that need because you think that maybe you're, you're a child or you're, you're not mature enough or maybe you think you're, 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 you're the, wrong, the wrong age or the wrong sex or you don't speak the language. You know, God is able to overcome any weakness that we may have. God, the Bible says that God's our strength is, is made perfect in our God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. You know, the God God has a plan for every single one of us. Or there may be some people who have had a vision before in the past, but you abandoned it or you have not followed it. I want you to know that God hasn't changed His mind on concerning what, what, what you know what He has said concerning you. There may be people who have who have fear in their hearts. Suppose you know I can't, I don't make it. Or maybe you think the vision is too big. Whether it was small, it was big. It's only God who can allow that vision to succeed. Or, or maybe, maybe there are issues in people's lives, uh, issues of the past that may have really um, upset you so that you, 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 you turned your, your heart and you turned your, your eyes away from the direction that God had made for you initially. I, I want to pray with you this afternoon. I want to pray. I want to pray with somebody. I've got a, a few people who are ready to pray with you as well. I know there's baptism. We can always stay in one section of the hall to pray for those who need the prayer. But I, I feel that there is a place for a number of people this afternoon to, to, to make a stand, to stand up and say, yes, Lord God, that power that you have given me, you sent me to go and be your representative and, and, to, and to, to, to witness for you, to, to make a change, to make a difference, to meet a need. 
I want that power to be refreshed in my life. I want to, to make a commitment this afternoon. I want somebody to pray with me. I, I want to let go of the past. I want to, to totally focus on you. If you are that person, I just want you to, to, to stand up where you are and just come forward. Just stand on this side so we don't disturb the, the baptism. If, if that's you, come here and we're going to pray with you because I believe that there's something definite that God wants to do in the lives of a number of people this afternoon quickly because I need to hand the microphone back to, to um, and I'm just going to pray. As I come forward, those who have, oh, there's a ministry team and those of us to pray, if you just please come and pray with them. And I'll just, I'll just pray with everybody now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you that you haven't sent us without any authority, without any power. You have given us all that we need to accomplish what you have sent us to do. Lord, we, we come back to a place of recommitment and, and to realignment and total submission to you, O oh God, to do your will. Father, we want to be obedient to you in all that you've called us to do. And I just pray for these ones that have come forward. I ask that your power may be released afresh in their lives, Lord God, and that you show them the way to go. We give you praise. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.